Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it every single week when you join us as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. So uh, let's get started here. I first want to welcome Amy to the show, Amy of Float Nashville, and Brian behind the scenes, co-founder of Art of the Float, producer Brian. And uh, of course, I'm your other co-host, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm. Good times. And uh, there's social media stuff. If you don't know where we are by now on social media, it's at Art of the Float. Please follow us. It really feels good to see all your likes and all that stuff. Uh, Let's hear. Beyond that, thanks to Nina Olson and Christoph Bowman for uh, your interest in supporting the show. It means a lot to us. Patreon.com forward slash Art of the Float is where you want to go. If you want to support us, uh, just like uh, NPR, uh, we are uh, supported by our listeners. We really appreciate it. And we're also supported by a few advertisers as well, including Float Helm. Float Helm, built from the ground up from Float Center owners, are doing all sorts of things with the software now, outside of just booking float tanks, but also saunas, massage, acupuncture, other modalities, which is very common with float centers, uh, are now covered with Float Helm as well. They're used by over 90 different float centers across the U.S., so, you know, Good enough for a lot of float centers. Uh, good, good enough for me. Pretty, pretty, pretty all right. Retention rate there too. Uh, floathelm.com is where you want to go to check it out and get your free tour. I say it every time, and I don't think I'm going to stop now. Uh, get a free tour. Have them walk through on Skype on what Floathelm can do for you, and uh, make sure that it actually works for your business. The other guys don't do that. So floathelm.com again is where you want to go. We're talking about Rise this week. Super excited about that, and uh, just quick. Quick segue, Amy, I totally want to know about your week, but first, just uh, actually got to meet the guy who gives the tours uh, of Float Helm, that he's he's newer, and he's absolutely awesome, totally personable, and it was actually really fun to meet him. Of course, I can't think of his name at the moment, uh, but uh, that was quite sweet, uh, so just one one little insight to the benefit of, of Rise, but uh, Amy... Yeah, we took hey we took a week off last week. We had a really important episode to cover. Mm-hmm. Excuse me about covering covering our weeks. I should say we didn't take a week off. Um, and it, I, you know, just a little bit of follow up about that. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Hopefully, it did bring up some some good discussion points. We are keeping the episode private. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, go to the Float Collective and uh, search uh, Art of the Float, and you can find a link to that show. Uh, you know, obviously, we didn't have all the answers, but I think we had some good questions that, as uh, business owners, we should be asking. So I think that was an, an important episode, and I think in a, a week or so we'll probably make that public. But if you're listening as this episode is coming out, you might want to might want to check that out. <laughs> Sorry, Amy. Uh, it's been a little bit. I've I've got high hopes, but I've come in with high hopes a lot uh, coming into these. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I usually get disappointed with the progress <laughs> yeah. of your second float center just, here. Just, just push it, push those feelings down for another week or okay. two for Great. me. Okay, Great. Uh, <laughs> put it in a box, compartmentalize, <laughs> put it away. Got it. Yep, put it away. That's what I'm push doing. That's the only reason make... I'm here and not crying this week. <laughs> we might, we might just want to put our hopes and dreams into long-term storage. Take it out later. Yeah, that's probably true. a smart plan. I'm trying to do that myself. There's a pod on the street next to Float Alchemy <laughs> with all of Amy's hopes and visions of the future just in storage. We're, we're going to get there, but oh, any hope. Y'all. Amy, give us the update. I want to okay. maybe, I mean, if, if, you could, if you could dress it with a little bit of good news, I'd okay. love to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I put do. a bow on I, this. 
I have a little bit of, I don't know if it's good news, but I have a little bit of amusement for you this evening. Um, but to catch you up on what's going on, it's been a while. It's really, this is, we didn't even have time to talk about this since before y'all went to rise. So to catch y'all up, please. Um, we had our plumbing inspection about two weeks, another plumbing inspection. Uh, I think it's our third one uh, because they made us tear all the plumbing out of the wall in order to get the rest of the facility uh, uh, approved so that we could open. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wouldn't allow us to have our plumbing because then we'd, quote, have holes in our walls. Yeah. Holes oh, for right, the plumbing. Yeah. But, okay. So we had to take out the plumbing. We had to uh, uh, put, fill up the holes. So we finally got that back out. We had the plumber come out. And as he was leaving... The inspector, after he passed us, he turned to Mark and said, hey, you know they don't like you, right? You know they're out to get you. And Mark said, what do you mean? He's like, they don't, they don't want float tanks here. He's like, I've tried to talk to him. He's like, I'm really interested in your business. He's like, but they are out to get you. They're going to do whatever they can to keep you from opening. So needless to say, that, of course, feels really good. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we knew this already. Like, yeah, we knew could, it. What could it infer, right. or it's been inferred? Yeah. But to have them, uh, to have an inspector from the office, yes, come out and tell us that they are out to get us. They don't want us to open. They're doing everything they can to make sure that we don't open. Was just I, I was in shock. I was in complete and utter shock because uh, number one, that's illegal. <laughs> Um, they are covered their That's their job is not to decide what businesses come into yeah. town. Their job is to inspect and, and uphold, uphold codes, Seriously. not make up codes and make it difficult for people they don't like. Right. Um, but to actually hear that out of inspector's mouth was absolutely just I, my jaw dropped to the floor. It was crazy. So. In some ways, yes, that's depressing and, and really crappy to hear. But the reality of it Indeed, is, in, yes. in some way, I, I felt it was almost a relief to hear it, to know for a fact that I'm it's not crazy. not just in your head. Totally. It's not in my head. Yeah. So there was, a, you know, you know, as depressing that was, there's a little bit of goodness to it. So we have, of course, continued forward. We're hoping from this point forward we don't have as many problems. We do have another inspector coming out next week to check our showers, but we did get them all pre-approved, so it should be a matter of they walk in, they say, yep, you have showers, and they approve us. Um, so we're, we're getting there slowly, but surely. Here is the amusing part that happened this week, uh, and I'll be honest, this also made my jaw drop to the floor. Uh, if y'all, for those of you who, who aren't familiar when we were framing out our facility, uh, we made the realization that our architect did not leave enough room for us to get the tanks into the rooms. That's a big problem. So without without cutting out a wall. So we're like, well, we better cut out the frame. The framing is better to cut than to compromise oh, the soundproofing yeah. later on. So but, we cut... I mm-hmm. think I already see where this is going. Please continue. Continue. Yep. So we <laughs> I see went some ahead. issues that could come. <laughs> we, we cut out the frame and we yeah. moved in all the tanks to the room. Awesome. So throughout our, our uh, build out, we have had the tanks in the room, which causes much stress because, you know, if something, they're fiberglass. Mark made all these. They're all fiberglass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if something should happen, if something should fall on one, if the the movers like push one out of the way, you know, fiberglass isn't indestructible. It tears, it scratches, it, 
you know, so it's been, we spent the last few months like, oh, every day it's like, oh, God, please don't, don't let anybody touch the tanks. Please don't let them ruin the tanks. Um, So we we made it this far. Um, Now they're in the rooms. We did, by the way, and I can tell you all this later if you're interested, we did make a way that we can get them out without cutting the float room doors or the float room walls. But here's the dilemma. The dilemma now is we have to put down epoxy floors. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so I've been I've been in a panic, going because uh, Mark's like, oh well, <laughs> Mark, my business partner said to me, oh well, we just won't have them put epoxy under the tanks. I'm like, uh, no, 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 not an option, not an option. <laughs> epoxy has to go over the complete floor. That is the rule. My rule. <sighs> Um, so Mark's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I come into work, uh, yesterday morning and I can't find Mark. Mark's like, oh, you know, I yell out for him. He's like, I'm in the back working with Brett. Now, Brett is a dear friend. He's also a floater from Float Nashville and he is a genius carpenter. Um, and we love Brett. He's a rock star, literally and figuratively in this case. He nice. <laughs> he really is Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. right. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's had some success in his day. But anyway, I go back and look into the tank room. And there is the top of our float tank balanced precariously atop two beams that are acro- like two two-by-fours maybe that are across the room at about, I don't know, six feet high. Uh, and then Mark and Brett are moving and getting ready to hoist up the bottom part of the float tank. And then they realize, oh, nope, we have to do something. So they go and they get these these sticks and they prop the, they prop half of it. Y'all are going to think I'm crazy. I know I'm not describing this well. They prop half of the float tank, the top of the float tank up even more so that they can slide part of the bottom part of the float tank underneath it. And they hoist it up onto this onto these posts. This sounds like how NASA does it. This sounds pretty yeah. legit. <laughs> it sounds legit, right? I, I'm like, yeah. what in the world are you doing? Mark's like, well, I got him off the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no death. Next problem. It's all, no, no uh, injuries. So I will say, if anybody is, uh, and y'all are <sighs> welcome to be on my friends list or whatever, but um, we did a Facebook Live of them hoisting up the bottom part of it, and I, I, I am actually going to post a video. I, I made a little video of all the tanks up on the floating tanks up on their little posts uh, to to put in the uh, notes in the show notes mm-hmm. because the one on my Facebook page where I'm actually videoing them hoisting it up is yeah. full of profanities. <laughs> so <laughs> I want that one <laughs> <laughs> because what you can't hear is as they're pushing it up, like the wood is creaking oh and and God. it's like tipping at weird angles, and I'm like thinking, oh my. God, it's gonna. Oh, it was it was it was nerve wracking, brutal, and hilarious, um, and amazing, and I think a first. I mean, has anybody else done hover tanks to hover install tanks. their floors? That's awesome. No, but um, at the end of the day, you got to admit it's pretty ingenious, and I'm yeah. I'm proud. Yeah. Dare I say, proud of Mark and Brett for for coming up with a way to make things happen? Because this is one thing I know about everybody in the float tank industry. If something needs to be fixed, if you need to figure something out, we right. will figure it yes, out. Yes, yes. Doesn't matter. So true. 
So true. Up time. Up time. Got to open. Got to open. There is no problem that we cannot solve. (laughs) So awesome. And the way it was built, (laughs) when it's all ready to go, just you make a wish, a prayer, (laughs) blow, and it just falls down into place. (laughs) Judging by that. What it sounds like. That's great. (laughs) Just ready to fall apart. Oh, that's great. It's brilliant. So, you know, I'm going to do the, the, you know, Dylan, you've talked about in the past, the podcast where you do a sandwich, you know, you do a compliment sandwich where it's a compliment (laughs) with a negative and a compliment. I'm doing the negative sandwich. So we had the negative, we had the, the happy time. And unfortunately, right before I came home tonight to record this podcast, I did find out that our floor guy who was supposed to come tomorrow, for whom we did all this prep work for, just pushed it back again. And we are desperate to get those tanks up. Oh, so, man. God. Yeah. Yeah. When was your... Oh, by the way, it's called a shit sandwich. And yeah. uh, oh, that yeah. is my forte with employees. <laughs> yes. I really go in with great intentions and I walk out going... Oh, I suppose they walk out going, what the hell is that? Why do I feel bad about myself? <laughs> Uh, somewhat tongue in cheek, uh, I say that. Um, so, what was your original date supposed to be? For, oh, oh, yeah, man. December. <laughs> <The> maniacal laughter. <laughs> December. December. No way! Wow. Okay. So we wow. we got everything open except for our back hallway, which ho- which hosts two sauna rooms and four float mm. tank rooms. Everything else opened the right. beginning of this month. Your big ticket items: kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Sure. And the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, the, that, the cryo, we have one sauna room, massage therapy, we have the Norma Tech, which is in a massage alcove, we're doing some used meditation, and yeah, the kombucha nice. tap room ha- is, has been open for about a month now. So. But you've mentioned that people aren't necessarily mm-hmm. wanting to show until the tanks are in, right. is that right? And that has been, so first of all, y'all know that this is the worst time of year. For for most of us in the float industry, it has hit it, us at the shop. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if anybody it's wants bad. to come to visit the float shop, now is the time. Yeah, seventy five percent off. Come on down, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Brian, so you know, Brian excluded. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the pain that we're already that you know float centers already go through. So compound that with um, the fact that everybody's waiting. For, first of all, we're a float center. Our name is freaking Float Alchemy, and I have no float float tanks. <laughs> I get phone That's calls awesome. yes. and emails every day, every day, <sighs> saying, oh, when are the, are, can I make an appointment for a float? Actually, no, I'm sorry, I've explained it all over again. But we do have, you know, and I start naming everything else. Oh, that's great. So uh, I'm going to try it out when I come in for a float. I'm like, no. <laughs> so are, you're the queen of, of marketing and, yeah, and planning. Yeah. So what about, uh, I like that. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I own right. it. It's, so, it's no, that was total sarcasm. I know what you're gonna ask. I don't believe it. Uh, uh, so I saw the twinkle in your eye, the confidence. Mm. So, um, you must be doing some pre sale packages or something. Yep. I'm guessing. What does that look like? So, <laughs> there's been a few things. Number one, <laughs> we we I, it got to the point pretty early on where I kept saying, okay, and next week, you know, we're gonna. Pa- they told us we're gonna pass and we're gonna do this, and then you know they would come in and screw us. You know, the codes mm. department. So it finally got to the point I really got gun shy about even pre-selling anything, doing anything because mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you don't want to make promises you can't yep. keep. Yep. Uh, so I've been very. I've been very cautious about everything. Um, Not to mention the fact that this has stretched us to our financial limits. Uh, I can't even, I mean, not that I'm not doing marketing, by the way, you can do marketing on a shoestring. You can do marketing without Mm -hmm. any money. And we are spending our days calling people, emailing people, Mm -hmm. going to places, giving samples of kombucha, doing anything anybody will let us do 
whether we're prepared, whether we feel prepared for it or not, we will do anything we can because you got to do something. You can't just sit around and wait. You got to be doing something. But, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, we, we have no money. Um, we don't know when we're going to be able to open things. It has not been until today when I so confidently thought that the floors were going to be done right. tomorrow. Because, you know, it's the day before uh, that I announced. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like your universe Oof. just laughs. They just sits, sits there and laughs at us. Uh, so this morning, I finally did this big announcement on on our social media that we are now putting up our our Flow Club, our membership plan, up for sale. <laughs> and I I made the foolish promise that you know we kind of set it up by you know if you get your float membership before the floor guys actually get the floors done i'm going to give you a free float and i'm nice. going to give you a free sauna thinking okay well they're going to do it tomorrow <laughs> yeah. yeah so there's that well uh, it's, it's not a bad thing might work in your favor a little bit we'll yeah, see yeah it's it's not it's, i don't feel like i'm losing my shirt by any means so it, it's fine but it's funny how these things work out when i get when i feel like i get a little too cocky <laughs> Um, too cocky. Wait, wait. Come on. <laughs> like things, geez. like things are actually going to happen. Yeah, right. Like somebody will do what they promise to do. Yeah, I know. Stuff. Silly good me, stuff. silly me. So we announced that we are doing a, a bit of a Mother's Day push to try to get our massage therapist cool. um, working. And speaking of Mother's Day, Please. you know that's coming up on Sunday. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. What are y'all doing? Are you doing anything, Dylan? Well, over hopefully, the I think about calling my mom. Um, Maybe like making a card for Sandra that Erica helps with, something like that. Uh, as far as the business goes, we haven't done anything, and no. it, which is so weird because we want to be all lined up for the holidays and have things kind of kind of pre-built, and we completely mm-hmm. whiffed on Mother's Day, and so uh, kind kind of funny. We might just like put out a little, you know, we, we do have plenty of photos, so we could probably do yeah. a, a photo and do <laughs> create something pretty quick in Canva and create a sale pretty quickly. So we'll probably just do nice. that. Um, I don't know if we'll do an email blast or not, Pro- probably, but something real simple. So, mm. um, you know, exactly not how you want to run your business. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> but at the same time, it is nice that when you have enough momentum with your business and with marketing that you are able to miss something and just go, oh, God, we're, we're <laughs> not have to go, oh, God, we're, we're failing or we're going to crash and burn. Uh, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, we should, yeah. should get that out there and add it to our spreadsheet, you know, like Mother's Day, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, you know, thing. Uh, we usually, like, give a little nod to it at Float Nashville, but we, we usually don't do sales at all. We don't do anything, mm-hmm. don't advertise. Uh, the only mm-hmm. reason we've chose to this year is because we are in such a space where we got to do something to either generate oh, yeah. sales or we just need to generate some, even if it's not sales, we need to generate some attention. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, th- hence the reason that even both Float Alchemy and Float Nashville are doing Mother's Day sales this year, which is which is unusual for us, for Got sure. It. Yeah. But, yeah, you're not one to discount. That's interesting. Yes, and that's what I wanted to bring up. So interestingly enough, this is something I've wanted to try before. I don't know if this is really the best time for me to try it, but I, I mentioned this back in the holiday season that I thought it'd be kind of cool if you had a product, like I... I used, for example, the um, salt lamps with the small uh, votive holders. Um, mm-hmm. Don't discount floats, but do a value-added product, which would be the votive. Like, okay, buy a float at regular cost, but you get this really nice gift that you can keep for yourself or you can give away. Uh, and 
Uh, because one thing we talk about a lot is we don't want to devalue the cost of the flow. We don't want we don't want um, discount seekers. Right. So what we did this Mother's Day is we are selling at Float Nashville anyway. We are selling a float and keeping it the regular price, but we are adding in a bath salt that uh, that we've developed using some water soluble CBD. So it is saturated Epsom salt and Dead Sea salt mixture. So it's a liquid form and has uh, the water soluble CBD. So it's a new product. So it's something we haven't put out there. And what we're doing is we're giving. It's packed up in a mason jar. We're giving away a bottle of that for every float and gift certificate that is nice. purchased. So I'm really kind of curious to see the reaction to it and just how much we <laughs> sell, if any. Who knows? It could totally flop. Now, to show the difference between an established float center and float alchemy, which is you know brand new. We're still in our very, very early stages. We are doing, now I'm not doing floats. Because I'm afraid to sell floats because as soon as I put it out there, the universe will be like, oh, I see what you're trying to yeah. do there. And whip that Slay away. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's, um, we are doing discounted services. Uh, and because it's a situation where it's a new business, you're just putting it out there. I think even in my mind, I see it very differently. In about a year, we'll stop discounting. Or the only discounts will be towards mem- for members or for people who support us. But right, right. Early on, I don't have that as much issue discounting. I'm, really I'm being pretty generous with that. So it's kind of interesting to see, it, even in my own brain, I'm sitting there working on the scheduling for Facebook ads and that sort of thing. And I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, wow, I'm really treating these differently. But I can justify the way that I'm, that I'm treating each facility. Treat them, they're just yeah. in different places, yeah. Very interesting. And as we talk so much mm-hmm. about not discounting, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that you are using that as a tool to, to drive in customers. Well, you know, in the beginning, I think it's different. You have to let people know you're there. You're still trying to catch attention. Later on, you know, when you're established, it's, I think it's a very different, different feel. Um, now, for example, my discounting in this case, I'm discounting the cost to what the members pay. I'm okay if people get used to paying what members pay. All they have to do to keep paying those prices is join the membership. Where, you know, Float Nashville, we're keeping the, you know, we're not changing that price. So we're still in the beginning. I can still look at it as I'm building a, you know, it's a membership drive along. You know, it's a long tail. It's not a short tail thing. It's just the same reason why, although I don't necessarily like Groupon and I wouldn't necessarily use it that way. In the beginning, I see a lot of people utilizing Groupon or some sort of discount uh, type mechanism to get their name out. That's okay in the beginning. It's very different Hmm. when you're doing that to a beginning uh, facility as opposed to a, uh, an established facility. Cool. Thanks for that insight. I I appreciate that. Opens my mind a little bit to, to the idea of discounting. Uh, let's see here. I want to talk about Rise. I do want to just share something real quick, if I may, before we switch gears here about my week, which was actually earlier today. Just had a lunch with Beck, who uh, moved here from Australia to work at the float shop. And we talked about a whole bunch of things. It was, it was really fun. But one of the things we talked about was sales. And uh, she brought up something that I have had tons of issue with since we opened, which is the idea that it's really difficult to sell something. Like I think she said, like I feel like I'm trying to upgrade your your 
uh, shake and fries, you know, um, like when she's talking about, say, the starter pack or the membership <clears throat> or what have you. And I, I could totally relate to that. That's that's me to a T. That's absolutely how I feel uh, or I felt in the past, particularly. And I did have this one time that I really switched where I was like, I didn't tell that woman about our starter pack. And I ran out to the uh, parking lot and I was like, hey, I, I know it's really weird for me to be running out here, but it seems like you really enjoyed your float. And I just want to let you know about this. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so thankful you caught me out here at my car. Yes, yeah, so I'll go back in. And, and she bought the starter pack. And it was this big switch in my mind about what I'm doing. And so mm-hmm. what I was talking to Beck about was that I don't care. I don't want her to sell. Her idea, She doesn't get a commission. Her job is not to sell things. Her job is to educate and raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And so there is this opportunity for people to have a discount. And if they enjoy floats, then they should freaking know about that, right? Like, that's totally cool to know. But her job is not to sell floating. Her job is to educate people on what the float experience mm-hmm. does. She believes in it. She knows that's what, there's a reason why she came from Australia to work at a float center. She understands the benefits of it. She understands what a, a good practice can do for you. And so I just, um, as somebody who gets really caught up from... Uh, not coming from the business side of things and starting a float center instead of coming from more the, uh, the, the kind of the hippy-dippy side of just I want everybody to have this and then learning that, oh, I need to run a business to uh, be able to do this hippy-dippy thing. Um, and yeah, Brian's, Brian's nodding. He knows <laughs> he knew us back then. And we were bending over backwards, and uh, it was stressful financially, and um, it was stressful with our time, too. We gave people so much of our time and attention all the time. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit, but uh, the idea for our employees, unless you have a commission set up, unless your idea literally is sales, if that's your jam, then super cool, that, that's your jam. Our jam is not that. Our jam is to attract a clientele that is going to stay with us and find benefit long term. Maybe it's the membership. Maybe they want to visit once a month or four times a month. But maybe it's once a year, maybe it's twice a year, but it's the clientele that's going to come back over and over and not just come in, feel like they got hooked into a sale, and then maybe want to cancel because of that. We want to grow a community of people that have uh, uh, roots in the float shop and roots into floating and really truly get it, and they'll be evangelical to other people talking about it so that we're not... You know, kind of going back to that sales thing, it's not just every single time, like, ha, ah, what's the next way to get people in? What's the next way? Ha, ha, ha. It just has this really strong foundation. And that will feed back to the business financially. That means people are going to be coming back in. It means a percentage of those people will be signing up for memberships. It means that if we forget about Mother's Day or or uh, springtime comes and we're not making as much money, we have that those membership amounts that are coming in. So uh, or if you know somebody has family coming and visiting, this is one of the, the things that they do together. They come and visit the float shop. So um, that means a lot to me that that's who we are. And I think that's a lot of us in this community. So I just wanted to, to share that. I don't think I'm breaking any new ground here, but maybe just kind of echoing and, and refreshing people's memory because it did certainly refresh mine. Speaking of running out to the parking lot, we have lines put on the parking lot uh, today, which is the first time since we've nice. opened. So thank God, because parking can be a nightmare at our business. And um, it also is echoes is something important for us, which is that we're realizing we can't just focus inside anymore. Mm. We have to make the outside of our business look good. Like, it's just Northwest Portland looks so beautiful. And then we've got our old 1904 home and it needs new paint, and it needs to be sanded down and, and painted, and needs some TLC. And so, like, 
as good as we could feel inside, we kind of want to show it outside too and be like, hey, mm-hmm. you, can, you can come talk to me. It, it, it's nice. And we'll tell you about floating too. So <laughs> we're, we're going to work on that too. All mm. right. Rise, rise. It's been it's been a few weeks now. Uh, Brian yeah. and I, Amy wasn't able to go. We missed you a lot. We missed you a lot. Freaking float tank business. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We should have known. We should have known. Classic, <laughs> classic. And Brian made it out as well. But before we go too far into that, I should uh, talk about our new sponsor here, Escape Pod, which I'm so excited we get to have on the show. Uh, We talk about Jeremy, you know, every other episode anyway, and talk about Escape Pod because we really like Jeremy. And when we talk about uh, having a good relationship with uh, the people that you buy your float tank from, Jeremy is the one who you're texting texting at three in the morning and he's getting back to you. And uh, I'm sure we probably shouldn't be saying that on air. He's probably going to go, dang it, anyways, do not tell people I'll respond at three in the morning. <laughs> but that's what I hear from people. I've heard yeah. it from Amy. I've heard it from uh, out in Tillamook. They own a, a few escape pods and I've heard the same thing from them. And it's been my experience. So I'm just saying it's very responsive and very helpful. Uh, and the other thing I like is it's very, you don't share the price of your float tank. It's, it's very uh, covert. You get, send your email. We'll get back to you. We'll let you know the current pricing. Uh, with Jeremy, he says they, they're $8,900. <laughs> That's the starting <laughs> price. And, uh, and then, you know, you can go up from there on, on the different mods and things that you want on your float tank. But I just love that he puts it out there. This is my tank. This is the price. And uh, so it's very affordable, which is great. Uh, and he's also come out with newer styles like the Earth and the Aphelion, which are super funky, really cool float tanks as well. So uh, they are awesome for a lot of people's uh, aesthetics in their float centers. It, it pairs quite nicely. Um, so they do have great customer service. They're very affordable float tanks, and you want to go to escapepodtank.com to check them out. And like I say, um, I've, I've said with other float tank manufacturers, when, you, when it's a good relationship, just get in contact with them at all as well. Jeremy is just one of those people you want to have a relationship with uh, if, if you're running a float center. So there's, there's no risk in getting in contact and just having a conversation. So, uh, yeah, let's see here. Again, escapepodtank.com is where you want to go. Boom. So, uh, Rise, yes. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? We're giving the Rise float review. Oh, we're giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, we had an absolutely great time. And, and this is our float tank, or excuse me, our <laughs> Rise review. But uh, it's not, we're not, it's not a judgy review of this many stars. Although it got two thumbs up, so I guess there's that. Pretty hey, good. hey, hey. Got yeah. three thumbs up and I wasn't even there. <laughs> wow. Practically was a five-star equivalent. <laughs> I know <laughs> these guys. I know I know yeah. what they put on. I've been there last year. Yeah. I have no doubt that this is a top-notch, yeah. thumbs-up experience. You know, Amy, last year was awesome. Mm-hmm. I had a really good time. Mm-hmm. And this year really felt like uh, kind of they came into their own. So, something was mm-hmm. more mature about this. I mean, the location well, was, didn't hurt. Sorry, Brian. It was, it was, this, is like, this is their sophomore album, right? Like right. last year was their first year. And there's always, you're always working out the kinks in their first mm-hmm. year. And I, you know, based on what you told me about your experience last year, their first attempt went off extremely well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're only going to sure. improve from there moving forward and learn learn from that first year. And I thought they yeah. did an ex- very excellent job um, in the second year of the float gathering. Yeah, for not having a lot of critical feedback to give, like I'd, I'd almost be curious to, to look listen to last year's pod episode and and hear what our thoughts were because i don't think we had any 
like real like they really should approach it this way or that way they just had a vision and decided to keep pushing forward and building out and i, I really like what they came, came up with i know one of the things they did is they limited uh sales for um how many people could visit and so they want it to be this intimate experience with people and that's one thing i really enjoyed as somebody who uh, I mean, I enjoy podcasting because I'm talking to two other people on Skype. Uh, if I'm in a crowd of, uh, you know, a thousand people, it zaps me really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so this just felt way more intimate. I could make new friends. I could see old friends and actually have a conversation. It wasn't just a high buy, uh, which um, is, I think, more common for me at the float conference. There's a lot more high buy. We'll, we'll catch up later. And then we never really do. It's unfortunate. And, and sometimes you do. And it's awesome. But this just felt built for having a chance to really um, have those rooted conversations. And Brian, what, I mean, what was that like for you? Oh, so Brian came to, I think the, the main thing was record audio, basically be the, the engineer for not only the podcast <laughs> here, but for, for Rise as well, which uh, was pretty awesome for me to just have Brian with me at the, at the float <laughs> conference. But what was it like for you coming into this world i'm sure you recognize some people from from the portland float conference but oh yeah yeah i mean uh recognize plenty of plenty of friends and acquaintance acquaintances both mm-hmm. both that i've met in person from previous float conferences here in portland uh, and also people people on the internet um, oh yeah nice. i guess on the show for sure yeah on the show yeah we've had we other uh, guests that were there um or people collective people probably. i've seen in float collective yeah mm-hmm. although i'm pretty i'm pretty internet profile blind so if i've never met you in person like i'm not going to associate your face with something i've seen on the internet <laughs> like my brain just doesn't make that connection um I'm the certainly opposite. yeah uh, with the huh. <laughs> what was that I'm, I'm the opposite i'm at the flow conference and i'm like hey what's up so good to see you and they're like we've never met before I'm like oh, okay <laughs> all right well i know all about you and your family and you know, congratulations on that second kid yep awesome cool 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 um but yeah it was a it, it was definitely a different uh, different vibe than um, the float conference in Portland. How so? Uh, <clears throat> the float conference seems a lot more uh, kind of uh, business business mm-hmm. industry focused, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the float gathering seemed a more um, heart centered, like industry culture, yeah, centered. Right, mm-hmm. and 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 they invite. It's not just people who own float tanks there, right? It's mm-hmm. people who are passionate about floating, interested in floating. Um, there's a wide, wide variety of people that that are attending. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I also I liked the the limited ticket sales were great. I am, I'm <laughs> an introvert for sure, same mm-hmm. as you. And and float conference burns me out pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and float <laughs> gathering was great. It was just like. It's like you're at a high school reunion or something and catching up with old friends. Except like you enjoyed everybody you went to high school with. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Very uh, different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I totally agree. And, and sometimes I think I, I'm a little um, uh, not objective because I have the float center here, so we have extra wheels turning when people come and visit Portland. Uh, and it kind of starts early and it ends after the float conference where I like actually get to wind down. But yeah, right. it totally burns me out. I'm so excited about all the speakers. I'm so excited to see all the different people. And and there's huge crowds and there's parties and it totally just um, zaps me by the time the end. And, it, and there's so much inspiration 
And then at the end, I'm, I'm lacking energy, right? Like it's like, oh, I need a vacation to recharge from this vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise seemed to be different in the sense that there wasn't as much, like from the speakers, I would say there was less information applicable, mm, maybe less science-based information applicable. Mm. Uh, maybe, I don't know if that's even the right way to put it because we, we did have Justin up there who, well, I don't know if we want to get into the speakers yet. What were you going to say? No, I mean, I there were some knowledge bombs yeah. dropped, but it wasn't... Um, I feel like Float Conference is a lot more of information directed at the crowd. Mm-hmm. And Float Gathering was some informational and wisdom and tips, and also some of it was just stories. Right. Uh, stories about floating, thoughts on floating, thoughts yeah. on the industry. Um not every speaker was uh, necessarily pushing information out. Some were just telling their story yeah. about floating, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it was um, like inspirational. I think uh, Kevin, um, mm-hmm. when he was on the show, he said it's like a, it's like a retreat for float center owners. Uh, and, and it did feel that way. Like we all get to see each other. We get to relax. We do get to learn, but we also are getting inspired during it as well. Uh, that, yeah, that, that's good, Brian. One thing Dan said was, Dan Larson uh, had said was he got to talk with Justin Feinstein. Like he just got to have a conversation with him and hang out. And that felt very different than, uh, I, I know I feel like we're, we're comparing here. They really are apples and oranges, but uh, you know, at the flow conference, Justin's a busy guy, a lot of people. The odds that you're going to have a 10 to 15 minute conversation is very slim. This was an opportunity where Dan just got to brainstorm with him, shoot some ideas his way, that kind of thing. And, and I'm, that's really exciting. And um, I, I felt the same way. Like anybody I wanted to talk with was totally accessible. Mm. And there were enough like groups, small groups of people that I, I felt as, as the, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe this. It's, it's hard to integrate yourself into a new group and, or into some, even just a group that's talking, just having a conversation. It just felt very accessible. The way that they built this space, the way that they introduced the speakers, the way they introduced the conference, everything had this very calm, warm vibe and energy to it that really, I think, set a placemat for everybody uh, to have their own energy at that level and kind of meet the uh, hosts at that level. And, and um, they were goofing up on stage or goofing around on stage. You know, it, it just allowed this kind of um, relaxed, jazzy feel to it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I really dug that. Yeah, they weren't, <clears throat> they weren't taking themselves uh, too seriously. They, right. they weren't too rigid about the, yeah. about the scheduling or programming. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of joking around and uh, you know, next speaker will come on when the last speaker's done uh, kind of vibe. And it, it worked out great. I do have a question for y'all. Yes. So one of the things that I enjoyed the first year of Rise was how they spaced everything out. There was never a rush. There was always space to transition mentally in between each speaker. Nothing was rushed. Everything felt like the timing, everything just felt very relaxed was, did you find that to be the same this year? Did they try to push more in? Because I know they had a lot more activities. Tell me about how it felt and, and if you had time to really absorb things, take things in. I think there was... 
um, so, you know, some people would go over. There were there were time limits. They definitely needed to fit things in. But at the same time, I think the schedule changed. I think particularly on the last day, I think there was quite a bit of change, and everybody just kind of naturally moved with that. It didn't just have to be thirty minutes. You're off. Next person on tight show, which I think is super common and effective. That's a very good way to to run a program or a live mm-hmm. event. Uh, but this, again, kind of because of the size and the intimacy in the field, just had this real ease about adjusting uh, with, with the speeches and all of that. So there, there were hard outs, but at the same time, there's a lot of flexibility to it. Um, I think there was some buffer as well, because in a, in a really strange, uh, I'm sure it's not totally original, but to me it felt very original decision. They had the two hosts, and I, I'm sorry, I can't think of the other gentleman's name, uh, Kevin and... Was it Jake? Jake, yes. Jake, Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Kevin and Jake were actually on stage the whole time, just sitting in chairs off to the side. There was a couch on stage, so it had this very warm feel, and they never left the stage. They were an engaged audience member up there, uh, which was really fun. Um, people were interacting with them a little bit on stage, which was cool, and um, they also created this little buffer space in between that they could keep really tight or they could take up some time as well. So I think... That might have been some of their strategy. And by the way, it sounds intimidating intimidating to have two people up on stage. I'm, I'm expecting them to hit a big X button to launch me off of the stage. But uh-huh. it actually created this really warm feel. Um, speaking of uh, the stage, they, um, you know, we had presenters talking about, well, like Justin with some hardcore science. We had uh, Carol Johnson talking about float philosophy, you know, giving introductions and all of that. But we also had singing bowls again this year, which I followed again this year, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. Uh, We had uh, didgeridoo (laughs) playing, which was awesome. And uh, a girl uh, with a special light walking around while the didgeridoo was playing. And so it just... um, it does, it does have a different feel. It does have a different pace to it. Um, could they have lengthened or shortened the didgeridoo time to accommodate time? Probably. But either way, to the audience member, it just feels like everything is going at a, a very calm pace, and it's very easy. And instead of just cramming in the next bit of information, I mean, at the float conference, Portland, I am, I've got my laptop out, and I'm taking notes. And I'm rigorously taking notes the entire time, and I want to get all this information down and get it to our staff. At Rise, it just felt a lot more like, okay, I got some time in between. I can chill out here and and then open the laptop back up and then go for another round of note-taking. Or you get another break or you get lunch and, and you get another chance to, to chat with people. So that was cool. Yeah, you're not, you're not checking your watch and comparing it to the schedule to get back to oh, the fine. theater in time. You're just hanging out with people waiting for a kind volunteer to come upstairs and right. ring a ring a bell to let you know it's time to head back down yeah, yeah that's right it was nice did and you, uh, sorry go ahead. sorry no you go ahead did you have any um favorite speakers at the conference um i mean besides your speech well i'll say you know I, the round <laughs> the round table was really fun i enjoyed that and I thought we did a really good job with that, mm-hmm. too. Thank, thank you for your work on that. I know that was not easy. Yeah. Um, and Yeah, uh, I thought the roundtable was, uh, I don't know, any, any situation where you're getting, you know, a float collective, you, someone will ask a question, and, you know, you'll get a comment here and there mm-hmm. throughout the week, you know, maybe more right. depending on the topic. Right. But to have everyone providing their input in the moment in that yeah. space... Um, 
it's fascinating. And I think you and I were concerned about can this topic on like what's the best way to give intros like oh yeah can this fill the amount of time we have yeah and it, it sure did oh <laughs> and there's <my> God. <laughs> a there's a wide range of uh thoughts on you know from like blindfold and throw them into a tank and say good luck <laughs> to uh have them watch a 30 minute documentary on the perfect way to float you know it's it was right it was all over the place yeah i i was uh i don't know if surprised is the right word but Okay, this this was my perspective. You guys have 90 minutes to be up on stage. Uh, can you do this? And Kevin is like, you know, what are you guys going to do? What what are you going to do? What are the topics? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, ah, Kevin, relax. It's going to be fine. And then like 10 minutes later, you show up and you're going to be like, so what is the plan again? What what are the topics you're going to like? We got this. It's fine. Because if I'm giving a speech, be worried. That be worried about. If we're hosting a roundtable and it's about people's ideas, we're good, man. People have ideas, and um, I think we're pretty decent at stoking those out of people um, and really getting the kind of the energy going and getting ideas from people. So I had no concerns that this group of people was going to be able to talk about. Um, well, I, I didn't necessarily know 90 minutes or an hour plus of talking about intros, but as it turns out, we were going, I was taking notes on my phone, like, oh, maybe we should also talk about this. Maybe we should talk about that as well. Like, just kind of back up topics to move to after this, uh, which which I kind of figured would happen live anyway, that, it, you know, things would be sparked. Um, and then Kevin walks across the stage, and he's like, five minutes. And I was like, oh, man, I guess they cut us short at, like, 30, 35 minutes. Okay, like, I get it. It's a conference. Like, they got to keep things tight and all that. Okay, cool. And we, we wrapped it up, and then... I talked to you afterwards, Brian, and you're like, uh, I was like, so how long was that? You're like, an hour <laughs> 20 or something like something yeah. way over an hour's worth of time. Like, oh, snap. Okay. Okay. People had things to say. Got it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I was just ready to transition to the next topic, too. I thought we were just getting started, kind of. So that, that was remarkable to me. <laughs> yeah. It was a good discussion. I, th- I believe we posted that um, a couple episodes yeah. ago, episode 130, mm-hmm. if you want to check it out. Yeah, it was fun. I thought people were, were really respectful yet passionate at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we had Glenn and Lee giving their ideas. We had people who um, were floaters who don't own float centers giving really cool insight. Uh, it was really cool, just wide swath of not right or wrong, but uh, just different ideas of how we can approach this uh, idea of giving an introduction at float centers, which I'm super passionate about. And I have my beliefs, you know, I, I believe yep. it should be this way, but I also think it's really cool to hear other people's ideas and beliefs and then kind of sometimes go, Oh, that, that actually really makes sense. And maybe I can kind of grow with how I do things. So it's all good. It's all about just stealing other people's ideas. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> float collective, the podcast, it's, it's so good to steal our ideas. Um, okay, so speaking, of, so, so your favorite was us. Yes, agreed. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Mr. My Humble. Favorite, um, gosh, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's already that weekend's such a blur, and now it's been right. two weeks removed, and I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling to remember. Well, the correct uh, answer is Stephen Johnson. Uh, if, if only because his quantity takes up more time because he opens and closes. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. And, uh, I, I was actually funny. I was, I was talking to Beck about Rise today, and I was like, I, I can't pay attention through the whole thing. Like, I literally, my brain does not have the capacity to follow Stephen through a whole, whole, whole presentation. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, when I'm at the float conference and he speaks, I'm, I kind of go in and out. And when I go in, it's like, oh, that's a gem. And then I leave. <laughs> and then I come back in. I go, Oh, that's a gem, and I—it's like op- op- almost like opening a book to a chapter and just reading a page, 
and going like, ah, oh, yeah, a lot of insight there, and then closing it for a little bit or turning to another random page. I don't know if he plans it that way, but, I mean, his vocabulary is so robust. It's so oh, dense yeah. with thought and, and uh, he's so articulate. It, it um, is not something that I can could stay with the whole time. I got to talk to him about that. I'm curious if he, if he knows that, if it's planned that way, or if he thinks it's better listened to several times over. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it's it's always enjoyable to see him on stage and in person, which again, uh, it, it was, he was yep. so accessible and he's such a sweet man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd like like to spend right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. He's a gem. He's one of the good ones, as they say. Did you have some speakers that um, that that you enjoyed uh, a lot besides <laughs> Stephen Johnson? This is a pretty slick segue, Brian. I don't know. Let's see here. Um, Yes, uh, I would say there were several. And actually one one that actually kind of gave me the willies a little bit. I was crawling out of my skin. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I know the one you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, do you? Oh, cool. Um, I loved Carol Johnson's speech. And actually, hers was really dense as well. I noticed that I actually spaced out uh, at least once during her speech as well. I apologize, Carol, if this gets to you. <laughs> I wasn't able to pay attention the whole time. That I think that's more a, test- a testament to my uh, ability to focus, not your speech. Because her speech was so about how to deliver uh, people to the experience of floating, how important it is, and how we... Um, through our sense of purpose, or I guess our intention, create this space for people as opposed to just filing people in, filing them out. And that really resonated with me, but also she just went deep. Like if -hmm. you've had a thought about how important that is, she went deep on it and then went deep on another topic uh, or another idea within that topic. And for me, that was really cool. And one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is a vacation that I'm getting uh, inspired by. Like these are the ideas and thoughts that I want to, I want to take home and just her level of care and the idea of, um, caring for the business itself and not just the customers as well. Like all all of that just really resonated with me. It meant a lot to me. Um, Her and her husband are, I'd I'd go ahead and call them float famous. And I'd say equally float famous for being super sweet, kind, open hearts. Uh, And as frequently as I've been to the float conference and her husband, Kevin Johnson has been to the float conference. I've barely said, you know, five words to the gentleman. And I, again, got a chance to talk with him and, and oh my God, the stories are true. He's a sweetheart, and it was so nice to um, to talk with him and and um, just kind of get his take on floating, which he also gave a presentation on on his his vision of, of floating uh, within the industry. And um, I would say I did not agree with everything that he had to share, but uh, I definitely resonated with a lot and and found it inspiring. So they're a pretty magical couple. Really cool to get to meet both of them. And again, I'll say I I got to chat with Carol a little bit as well. And uh, just such a treat to get just this small little slice of pie. It was really awesome. Um, Another one that I really enjoyed was Hilary Sedovic, I want to say. You know what? I pronounce every name incorrectly, so we're just going to assume that was incorrect. <laughs> and uh, she actually works at Rise. And I tried looking up her background. I wasn't able to find it, but she did share it during the presentation that she went to her education involves. Oh, gosh. Now I'm, I'm going to totally mess this up. But oh, I, should, I probably shouldn't even make these claims. But she wants to help businesses um, 
be not just profit focused, but have, I think as she called it a double bottom line or two bottom lines. Uh, one is, you know, making your money and the other is having a uh, social impact an impact on your community. And while that resonated with me, she actually really pulled me in with the concept that that second bottom line doesn't have to take away from your first bottom line. It can actually right. feed into that first bottom line. Um, Amy, I know this is something that you already do out of your business. The, the, I well, can you talk a little bit about what you do as far as? Yeah, sure. So when the fibromyalgia flotation project ended, uh, we had found so much good in that. It brought a lot of people into our doors. It started to create uh, an opportunity to reach out to the medical community and and educate them about flotation therapy. So when that ended, we started something that I call float, our Float for Health program. And what it does is it does require people to sign up. I didn't want people just hmm. coming in. I wanted to make I wanted to add some value to it. So when they come in, they do need to get papers signed by their physician. Um, letting the physician know, I send along some information, letting the physician know what they're doing, what flotation therapy is, making sure that they have a chronic pain. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't need to be fibromyalgia. We deal with all kinds of issues. We've allowed people with all different types of pro, uh, issues come into the program. And then we also have the client fill out a, I call it a contract, it's not really, but basically, mm. yes, I agree to float four times in four weeks. Mm. And each time, just like the fibromyalgia project, they would fill out pre and post surveys for those four weeks and then allow me to send their um, their results to their physician. Now, whether the physician does or does not do anything with them, it does give me an opportunity to reach out to the physician and to start in to, to say, hey, look, this did or didn't work or whatever happened. Um, but, you know, here's here's the results. And, of course, the results are almost always pretty impressive and that has because I have the permission to to take this to their physician and share this with their physician um, we've had some really cool things happen and we've had some really amazing ways to reach out to the community right so yes we get to help people and what they do is if they if they pass those four weeks they are uh, invited to join a membership program that has them continuing to flow at a very very reduced oh, rate interesting that's really cool Right. So, I mean, it goes somewhere. Right, <laughs> so it right. allows them to continue to float if it helps them. Um, but uh, it's opened a lot of doors. It's allowed us to do a lot of education to people that maybe normally wouldn't even think twice about it. And it's developed relationships that now uh, feed us referrals. So everybody wins. And really, when you have a program like that, it really has to be something where everybody wins. It should be. That's the way that we feed each other. It's the energy that we exchange. I think there has to be... There has to be that for it to be successful. You're uh, cool. Yeah, you are totally in line with <laughs> Hillary here. This is great. You yeah. guys need to talk. I reached out to Hillary. She should be on the on the show. I, I always hate to give out a date because you know schedules change, but uh, she should be on the show coming Let's up. Let's say soon. Um, yeah. Okay. No, soon. Soon. <laughs> soon. Soon. Ish. Uh, <laughs> is anything like Flow Alchemy's uh, build out here? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> next year say. sometime. Yeah. yeah um, I remember listening to yeah. Hillary's speech and I was like, oh man, like this is so down Amy's alley. Like oh, nice. the, yeah. the mental, the mental models and mindsets for mm. how to run a float business are, are they're so, mm. they're so similar. I think one of the things that 
you know, she mentioned is that, you know, we were so excited about this, this floating thing and how it's going to revolutionize, you know, how humans care for themselves or how either revolutionize like the medicine portion of it or the consciousness portion of it. And she said, look, if, if it's inaccessible to the poor, then it's neither radical nor revolutionary. Mm. And I thought that was a a very, Mm. very interesting uh, statement. Yeah. And and that kind of bridges off of, she she actually wanted L Potter, the previous speaker to stay on stage. She had to get rolling, but uh, there's a yoga teacher who talks about, uh, you know, she would go to yoga class, so she'd be teaching a yoga class, and it was all, you know, like middle-aged white women, and it didn't really seem to be affecting uh, where she was teaching. That's who was showing up, because that's who's taught to go to yoga. And she's like, oh, I'm a middle-aged white woman. That's who I'm attracting. And she set up this, um, I'm talking about Elle now, uh, this, this model of getting people from minority groups, or I guess specifically for yoga, not necessarily white women, middle-aged white women, teaching yoga and attracting different type of groups into uh, learning yoga. And that bridged into Hillary's presentation, which is talking about getting not necessarily minorities, but possibly minorities, uh, potentially somebody suffering from PTSD as well, into the float tank, perhaps... uh, programs where they're able to go in at discount or free, something to that effect, where you're able to pull people in um, to your float center that isn't just the affluent white person. Uh, There there are these other demographics that could be appreciating it. And I really want to talk with her about it. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about with with demographics as well and race and age. I'm, I'm really curious what her thoughts and insights are on that. And maybe we could we could all kind of dive into those topics that I am uh. very, very curious about. Um, so yeah, yeah I, was, I cannot wait. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm already my brain. I already have yeah, so many things to say. This is something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you a know two-parter. what? I believe I believe that when we feel good, when we don't have the pain, when we don't have the anxiety, when we become better and living more consciously, the you know it, it affects the community. Can't help but affect the community. Mm-hmm. So the more people that we can get to the point where they're without as much pain, where they have a quality of life. I mean, we can, you know, of course, I think in some ways we we talk about, you know, we can change the world um, and, but we don't really believe it. But the reality Mm. of it is we can most definitely in so Mm -hmm. many ways really affect. And I, I mean, I think I believe on a really big level, the community around us and that just keeps rippling out. And I know we all believe that, but I believe it's, it's, within our reach a lot more than people realize. I think mm. we have That's a lot more opportunities than we realize. I, I, yeah. I get lost on the, the world thing mm. uh, that we can change the world, but I totally believe that we do impact lives that come into our business, mm-hmm. right? Like that part, I believe. And I believe that does affect our community. And then I have a difficult time reaching out to the, to the world. But if we're all doing it, of course we're impacting the world. I, I appreciate right. you sharing, Amy. Start, <laughs> start small, right? Whereas, you know, there may be people around the world that could be well served by floating, but who is underserved by your business in your community right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we uh, all some, <clears throat> some of the questions that Hillary brought up, which... I feel I felt like I was hearing Amy in my ears asking these same <laughs> questions. It's like in your community, who would benefit most from having access to floating? Mm-hmm. Who already serves them, and how can you best partner with mm-hmm. 
Like, how do you find those people, figure out how to partner with them and, and bring them into the float experience? Mm. And going awesome. back to my money grubbing business brain is <laughs> she, she also shared how you're, you're doing this altruistic thing and then you're able to use that in your marketing that we helped. And, and it was interesting because she, it, she didn't just, she gave an example of like some vague numbers of how we helped. And then she actually gave some really specific numbers of how we helped. Yeah, I believe one of those, uh, they facilitated floats for 30. Oh, yeah, yeah, being being broad versus specific. So mm-hmm. broad statement saying, you know, we facilitated floats for 30 veterans in the past three months. But a, a specific, <clears throat> being more specific on that is 95% of veterans who floated with us two or more times January through March reported reductions in stress levels and improved their overall sense of common well-being. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that that's exactly the kind of insight and information we need to to learn for how to use f- for our marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to have her on. There's there's gonna yeah. be a lot to, to unpack. Awesome. It's gonna be good stuff. <laughs> She's not gonna know what to do. <laughs> it's gonna be a two and a half hour long conversation. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Oh, also, Brian, I forgot your other favorite was Glenn and Lee Perry, of course. <laughs> it's always a of treat course, to, to see course. them on stage. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Feinstein had good information. I don't know that he had anything super new since the last float conference. Am I missing? Gosh, um, I hope somebody's as, not going to As far as, as far as published data. Right. Not since at least the last podcast he was yeah, on with the published information. Yeah, the last that's podcast. Right. Um, and I, f- I feel like we had a little bit of sneak peek into kind of the new trials that they're, that they're going to be diving into. Um, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to dive too deep on With that. With anorexia. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was very exciting to hear that that's, that's getting started. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should also say that we had to leave early. So we actually didn't get to yeah. see Chris and Donna. Um, so while we got to hang out with them during the conference, which was awesome, we didn't get to see their beautiful closing ceremony. They closed out the uh, conference. Oh yeah. I said earlier, I said, Stephen did actually, he didn't, I don't believe it was, it was just Chris and and Donna Petrovics and, um, apparently it was awesome, super sweet and really just put a really nice heartfelt bow on the whole weekend. So I'm disappointed I didn't get that, which also means we didn't get the audio for it either, uh, which is too mm-hmm. bad because we had to get on an airplane. Could they, could they come on the show and, and give that speech again? I adore them. I'm <laughs> sad that I missed it. Can That's we get great. take two? I love it. Let's, <laughs> let's email them. I like it. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Oh, Oh gosh, gosh, there's, there's a lot to talk about. My goodness. Um, let's see here. So who, I guess there's not a whole lot of options left of speakers of who had me crawling out of my skin. Uh, who was it, Brian? <laughs> was it, uh, was it Graham and Ashcon's talk yeah. about just being chill, man? Being chill, which is awesome. Being chill is great. Being I chill love is that. Cool. We could all do with more chill attitude, but I was absolutely going insane because, uh, and, and they're certainly invited to come on the show and, and tell me if I'm wrong in this, but what I was hearing was most bad things that you think are going to happen aren't going to happen. Wait, don't start with a whole bunch of rigid rules. Start super chill. And as things come up, build your, um, you know, I, I don't want to say regulations, uh, build your... Um, rules and policies around that, basically. Thank you. Yes. Yep. 
um, which is certainly how the float shop started. Boy, did we start just freewheeling and uh, everybody, the world's your oyster. Let's let's jam. Let's jam float business. <laughs> and as it turns out, that didn't work out very well. And we started um, enforcing rules, creating rules, and and more and more we did that. So like, I can totally relate to that. At the same time, it terrifies me because there are certain things that as an, uh, for two reasons. One is the industry has evolved. Its education level has evolved. You should be taking people's best practices and you should be implementing those into your business and not just saying, be chill, no need for a waiver, no need for this, that, or the other, or these safety things, um, or, you know, intros. Just tell them about the float, you know? That's cool. Just, you're passionate about floating. Give an intro, man. Um, and I'm not saying that's what they said, <laughs> but... Uh, it was the feeling that I got was they were saying, um, go, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just go, go calmly into this without, uh, again, without, without the rules. Well, we have hundreds of float centers that have been doing test trials essentially in the real world and learning the things that we need to do. So just like you were building your float center for soundproofing, uh, and how we've learned about that is the same thing that you would want to do with your policies for your employees and for your customers and all of that stuff. And then adjust from there, right? You're going to pick and choose the things that feel right to you in the first place. Um, and then you can kind of push and pull, pull from there. So there was that. And then the really, the one that got me was I was thinking about waivers and how it's like, if you run a business and nobody's ever sued you and you don't have a waiver, then it's like, it's kind of like a seatbelt. It's like, well, why do we need this thing, man? Like, who who cares? Like, relax. Uh, but on a large enough scale with everybody driving, somebody's going to get into an accident and somebody needs that seatbelt. And you can totally say, like, um, you know, a waiver doesn't mean anything. Any lawyer's going to tell you it's just a piece of paper. Then why do we have them? What is the purpose of them? There is a, a little bit of, of legal uh, merit to it and if it's done properly, but also you're educating the client on some information. You're letting them know that they do need to take a certain amount of ownership about their behavior or their safety in here. You might be letting them know about things like using illicit drugs, that sort of thing that I don't want to have a conversation with that to everybody who walks into my door. So there are these really important things with a waiver that can be there that, um, and again, if this isn't what they were trying to say, that's fine. But what I heard was just relax. When things come up, that's when you should start creating these um, uh, rules and procedures. And as we learned last week, maybe learned isn't the right word, but with the events coming up last week, it really resonated with me like, oh my God, I hope these guys had a waiver. They did. They did have a waiver. And that's just you know one more step for their safety and their uh, financial safety, legal safety uh, for, for them with this event. Uh, so, like, part of me was, like, totally enjoying watching them on stage, which is always just great. They're always uh, super compelling on stage, and they're very funny, uh, and, I, and I enjoy that. And the overall message, while I agree on a certain, uh, to a certain level, really adamantly <laughs> disagreed with on another. Uh, I don't know, Brian, does that... Uh, I yeah, I don't, for me, like just as a as a small business owner, like I want to make sure I'm I'm covering my ass and like making sure that I have systems in place to give to give people a positive experience and also to make my life easier. Mm. Like you said, like I don't want to have a conversation about 
illegal drugs with every single person that comes through without before they hop in their tank, you know? Well, like, you're putting yourself on the business owner of a, of a float shop, but even with Art of the Float, I'm the one who's like, ah, we'll just roll I know. with it. And you're like, no, 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 <laughs> Right, right. We, we should know what we're doing. And it takes question out of it too, right? Then you don't have to necessarily put attention on that every time it comes up or when it comes up. We just have these, this is where we right. go to. We chose this uh, and, we, and we go forward with it. So yeah, okay, well, if, if no issues crop up, then... Not, nothing you need to worry about, but if something does crop up, then you've created more work for yourself than if you had originally put something in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. You know how I feel about running a business. I'm like, we got to have the contract signed. We got to make sure the yeah, emails yeah, are yeah. going out. Um, and ev- you, everyone and has I, a different approach. And, and maybe it yeah. depends on your risk well, aversion as well. It's mm. so, it, yes, and it has to do a lot with liability and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's so much easier to enforce it if you've had it from the beginning. It is extremely difficult to go back in and, okay, I'm going to give an example. Uh, one of the things that we had issues with at Float Nashville uh, was with our employees, we never had a rule for um, for how much, how far in advance they had to tell us if they couldn't come in on a certain day. Like, you know, they had an Uh, event or something. So they, you know, so Mark would make the schedule and a day or two before he'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, I've got this family reunion. Well, Mark being the really nice guy that he is would go and he'd juggle everything. And if he couldn't find anybody to fill it, he would go in and work, even if it meant that he had to work three shifts in a, you know, like in a row an entire day. And it finally got to the point where I said, Mark, I need you to not work that day. We had plans. I need your help on another project. You can't keep doing that. You cannot do it. So we finally wrote in the handbook, we wrote a thing where you know, they have to give two weeks notice about if they have an event or something coming up. Um, and let me tell you, that has been the hardest thing. There's been a, uh, I don't want to say a lot of resentment. That's not how I want to put it. But there's been like some shock. Like, what? I can't get off in two days? What's, uh, I don't understand. And there's been some issues with it. Right. And it's it's been more difficult. Where if from day one, and, and this is what we did at Float Alchemy. From day one, when they came in, we go through the handbook. We kind of read everything just, you know, lightly. Nice. and Just discuss it. Give the gist of it. And we know... And they know from the day that they're hired, from the day they agree to come on, that this is the way it is. And they have to give two weeks notice. So much easier going forward. We won't have that confusion, that that irritation from employees. It just makes everybody, it just makes things easier if you start with it. I, I, and I, I, I wasn't there. I didn't hear I it. Know. So I don't know if so that's... I have to, I have to fight Graham and Ashka on, on the show and, and uh, let... Let us know what they were actually saying, just in case I'm, I, I don't want to come on a podcast and talk bad or negatively about oh, somebody. No. First of all, that's not my intention to, to just say negative things about somebody. And yeah. the other is without them being able to, able to be here and, and talk back mm-hmm. is, yeah. is uh, not yeah. super fair. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I'm sitting here. I, I wasn't even there. I don't know. But but that was just um, that is something that comes up. It, it is super easy. Um, and we do have access to lots of information in Float Collective that um that I've appreciated even my second business things that I missed the first time around that have been fantastic and making things a lot easier nice um beyond beyond that move, moving on uh let's see if there was one other I wanted to uh talk about shoot what was that 
Um, oh, me. <laughs> Jeez, I actually forgot it was me. All right. Wow. <laughs> boy, oh boy. So, Brian, you'll have to actually tell me what this was like because I was on stage blacked out, so I don't know. Um, so we, they um, did singing bowls, which is really funny because <laughs> it is really hard to relax uh, right before you're about to give a speech. But I was way more relaxed this time uh, just because it, it, it felt like a smaller venue. The, the weekend had really had its effect on me of, of the calm vibe. But I just don't know that I'm uh, designed to give speeches. I don't, I don't think I did a very good job. I don't think I got a, a very clear across what I was trying to say. I thought it was a very interesting topic. Basically, I was talking about the default mode network, kind of when our brain is in idle mode, uh, goes into hyperactive, uh, thinking about the past or the future uh, with people who have high depression, high anxiety levels. And floating brings that down drastically. And I think we learned that a few years ago at the Portland Float Conference. And um, that's always, I found that really fascinating. And I learned that mice also have default mode networks as well. It's not something exclusive to humans, which, which scientists thought was uh, when they first discovered this uh, network. So um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that we branched off from mice millions and millions of years ago. Um, I want to say 65 million that I might be getting that wrong, but quite a while ago. And what that implies to me is that a, they most likely had default mode networks back then. Um, and we most likely then did as well. And so we could roughly assume that the default mode network has been around for easily millions of years, if not hundreds of millions of years, which means it is part of who we are. This is not, um, something that it's not like a nature nurture argument this is nature this is what's in our system and evolution has finally crafted this device within our brain that now seems to be going a little haywire and with today's modern society we have higher rates of depression we have extremely high rates of anxiety and even in very modern world we're getting even these these higher spikes of uh, anxiety and at the same time we're getting more isolated as we get more connected, you know, Facebook, social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, these things that are connecting us, but really we're just literally detaching. Well, literally is not correct. We are detaching ourselves from our bodies into these screens and completely checked out from our body, uh, as we do that. And we're just practicing that over and over and over again. We're standing in line at a grocery store and we're uh, stepping out of our body, out of the moment, not connecting with somebody, not spacing off and just thinking about the future, about the past in our default mode. We're going into our phones. And that makes me curious. Like, are we out of sync with how we're supposed to toggle into and out of our default mode network? Are we not doing that in a healthy way? Uh, and and then we have all these things that are driving up our anxiety and we're leaving our body. We're not in sync uh, doing doing these things that... We'd be in flow state. I, I cut that from the speech, but I also wanted to talk about flow state and um, something you know Jay Wallace Nichols talked about and uh, uh, Ricardo Gil da Costa talked about flow state, flow state, and experiencing that in the float tank. And there are these really primordial things that we experience that are really getting altered with our lifestyles. And then we have the float tank, and we find that after you float, your anxiety levels drop, and if they're extremely high, they drop to somebody who's not. Uh, very stressed out, who doesn't experience high anxiety. And we're finding that the default mode network quiets down and that you aren't, it's not super active worrying about what's going to happen or super active lamenting past decisions. It's uh, 
much calmer and, and how it's a, probably supposed to operate. Um, and we hold these keys in our float centers. And I don't think there's any putting the genie back in the bottle. I don't think there's any going, uh, okay, we're taking away your cell phones. Uh, you're, you're not commuting to work. You're not looking at a screen eight hours a day. There, there are certain things we can do, but we're not putting the genie back in the bottle. But we have this key in our float centers where you're not interested in picking up your cell phone afterward. You are truly in your body in the float, and you're really in your body afterwards. The sensory input is so alive afterwards, and you're so it's so easy to be in the moment afterwards. You practice the flow state or getting to theta state in the float tank um, that I think we really have this amazing tool just within cities, within these really busy metropolises that you can actually get back to resonating with how we were designed to be. Because we're not really supposed to meet a few thousand years or, or uh, even just these 110 years of uh, change that we've had in our society Evolution's not catching up to that. We're, we're way ahead of the curve on evolution's uh, ability to adapt. So um, with this technology, I feel like we're able to provide this means of getting back to nature and resonating with who, who we're supposed to be. And speaking of nature, I love going for a run in Forest Park afterwards. I love getting in touch with nature after a float. And I don't think that's everybody's first instinct, but I think it does lean people more towards that direction. Mm -hmm. It's more... Um, uh, what's the word? I'm, uh, inviting. It, it's more, um, yeah, attractive. So that's what I kind of the ideas that I wanted to talk about. And I think I got scared on stage. And I'm not, not sure if any of that actually got out there. Um, oh, Brian, well, yes. The uh, I do want to mention that the singing bowls were not in the schedule pamphlet. So they kind of <laughs> ninja snuck them in. But yeah, it's all about talk. the singing bowls. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm. I just they'll get be scared. back. They'll be back next year, Dylan. <laughs> waiting. I have not been invited <laughs> back for next year. <laughs> I do not know that that's true. It um, is tough going after those singing bowls, man. I that's so funny. It really was. It really I like those singing bowls. They were really nice. <laughs> I, I actually this year again, it was. I did a better job of like getting in the moment and appreciating them, as opposed like, gosh, last year it was just this twisting from one end of stress and then kind of like untwisting, but twisting in the other direction of relax, and it was. Uh, difficult for me <laughs> yes well and I, I think at you know at the beginning you mentioned that like oh maybe i'm just not good at, at giving speeches like i think it's just mm -hmm. a practice thing i mean you're seeing the oh, difference yeah, yeah, yeah. you're seeing the difference between last year and this year and it just if you're only giving a speech once or twice a year it's it's not sure. not a lot of practice opportunities you know yeah I, I was talking to my wife about this and and uh, talking about like, I feel like strengths are discussion. Like I really enjoy talking with people. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's relatively easy for me. I can open a book or I guess a laptop and, and work for hours at a time. I can do research for hours at a time and, and that I'm good at when it comes to saying something twice, then like part of me is just like, why the hell am I doing this again? I've already got the idea or I've, you know, just practicing that is truly mm -hmm. my weakness. Such an easy thing to conquer, right? If I just was able to flow that, uh, from, from memory, like, man, that, that would have gone great. Uh, do I want to practice that and put the energy into being good at that is really the question because it's not a natural strength, but it could be become a strength and maybe it's something I'll want to focus on. Um, we'll see. Yeah. And everyone, everyone has different kind of methods for practice. Some people are really good at the rote memorization, right? And mm -hmm. they have, they're like, I'm going to write out my speech and I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to go over it over and again. And then I'm going to just going to, 
that's what I'm gonna deliver. Which sounds like stage. hell to me. <laughs> no, and, and like that sounds that sounds terrible to me too because then fr- from my if perspective, like I get too caught up in making sure that I'm going that I'm reading the script exactly. Right. Yes. So yes. I have to do a halfway. I have to go halfway. I have to prepare, mm-hmm. but not prepare too hard so that I've got the main points like as as part of my muscle memory, but not the script so that I that I so that mm. I can free flow through it. And then it's mm-hmm. going to be different for everyone, right? Some people want that script to memorize it, go through it. I freak out because I'm because I'm too type A, I'm worried I'm not going to get the yeah. complete script right. I'm not going to have enough time to memorize it by heart. Um, <laughs> so I have to go halfway. Good times. Um, the other part, uh, so Amy was supposed to be there initially, and then damn, Float Alchemy took its time to open. So yeah. she had to put her attention on that, which means that um, I could have either expanded my speech, which I started working on for a while, like things like the flow state, and, and tr- ended up trimming, and ended up uh, starting to read a client's letter uh, or a series of emails to Sandra. Um, she was in hospice and she was coming in to float and uh, I just totally lost it on stage. Uh, couldn't couldn't keep it together. And Jake took over. Had I known he was going to read it so wonderfully, I would have asked him to do that from the start. Uh, his tone and his pace was awesome. And uh, so thank you, Jake, for reading that. It meant a lot to me that her words uh, came across so well as opposed to me really not able, I, I couldn't speak anymore so I, that was really wonderful uh, and um, yeah I, I kind of wish I got to find out how that resonated with people um, I did so she she dies uh, she, she passed on and she loved floating. She loved the benefit and kind of like the life and vigor she felt in and outside of the float tank. Uh, and she was a joy to have in our business. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, but uh, it, to me, shows me how important floating is. And it's so easy to lose connection with that, Amy, as we're managing, you know, as we're away from the business. It's so easy to disconnect from that. And um, part of what I wanted to share was just some one person's really personal experience and to me a very powerful experience and to share like we are not just doing something for fun this isn't just I mean even spa has its importance to some degree spa spa things facials stuff like that but this has some real meat to it it has some real importance uh, to our community so that's what I was trying to to get across with that and uh, so thanks Jake for for uh, sharing that so so well, so I'm, I'm I'm curious how people uh, received that. But again, we literally <laughs> walked off stage and and uh, hopped in a ride to the airport, so we weren't able to find that out. <laughs> um, Thank thanks to Rise for putting on such an amazing event and for having us. And yeah, thanks for thanks for everyone else for being there. It was really nice to to see everyone. Yeah, again, the opportunity to see everybody. Such a such a great thing at Rise. They do a really amazing job of, of doing that. Um, I don't know that I'll be speaking next year, but I'll definitely be there next year uh, because it, it definitely is something that fills up my float entrepreneurial soul and uh, something that I want to experience, that I really get value out of. And um, uh, we were talking about apples and oranges at the top of the show. I was interested in not necessarily comparing Float Conference Portland to Rise Float Gathering, but just 
uh, and, I, and I think we talked about some of the differences already, but um, they both really feed their own purpose. And I think that's something that's been really interesting to me uh, to see Rise grow and not, they don't, they're not mimicking the Portland Float Conference, but they're absolutely creating value with what they're doing, which is super important to me. With anything I do, it needs to create value for the people that are consuming uh, whatever I'm putting out there. And they did that. They absolutely have their value add within the industry. There's absolutely a reason to show up to this event. And what's really special, kind of like what we do with the roundtables, is part of the value add that they do is acknowledging that they're bringing a group of people together and allowing people to simply connect and share, um, which uh, one other thing I did want to talk about before we close out, Brian, is uh, we got invited to a party, which was awesome, because that doesn't happen to me very often. <laughs> little high school Dylan was like, oh my gosh, a party? Okay, yeah. And uh, so that was really fun, and um, uh, it, was, it was pretty wild to walk in, and there's Glenn and Lee Perry there. There's, I mean, just like every you know, float name is just hanging out, and eating and having a few drinks. And it was just so funny to me that, uh, and I'll try not to share too much here, but, uh, you know, somebody would just, well, we're the float industry. We can get a little weird. Somebody's talking about DMT or like a DMT experience. And they're talking about this really hardcore experience and how wild it was, yada, yada. People have good laughs. And then somebody says, well, how are you trying to uh, reach minorities with your marketing? Are you doing this approach or, or this approach? And how does that feedback? And then five minutes, ten minutes later, it's another, so I was high as F, and I'm running down a hill, and blah, blah, blah. And then ten minutes later, it's another, um, so, you know, what is your your retention rate with your clients? Like, how do you measure a retention rate? Is it is it two months, or is it if they come back within a year, is that a retention rate? And I was obviously completely sober mm-hmm. off to the side <laughs> witnessing this and just going, wow, uh, what a fun, interesting group of people. Like we're all here letting loose, having a good time, sharing some pretty wild, crazy stories. And at the same time, we're all business people. We all are on the same kind of mission and we're all learning together. And it was just hilarious to me to see the conversations toggling back and forth. So that, that was really fun and, and special for me to get to experience and witness that, as well as Brian just getting completely hammered. Excuse you. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I think I had the speech to give, so I, I certainly had my buzz on. But, man, watching Brian uh, get drunk is so good. So hey, man, funny. when Feinstein hands you a tequila shot, you just yeah. got to accept it. <laughs> that never <laughs> happened. Uh, all right, guys. I'm joking, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, float Away, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. If you're interested in a float tank, you Float Away makes a float tank for you. Float Away, Float Around, or excuse me, uh, Tranquility, Float Around, uh, Serenity, Float Cabins, Couples, Pods, and Tanks. They, they've got it all. Go to their website, check out their selection, and of, of course, get in touch with Ginny and Colin, two more great people in the industry that you want a relationship with. Floataway.com is where you want to go. Let them know that we sent you. Let them know that you listen to the podcast. Of course, helps us keep sponsors on the show. Floataway has been supporting us from the beginning, which is pretty amazing. We really appreciate that. And that's just, just the kind of people that they are willing to take a risk on us like that. 
uh, was, was really awesome and we appreciate it. But uh, yeah, it definitely shows in how they do business. And of course, my gosh, uh, Colin with his engineering brain, what he's doing with these float tanks is really remarkable. So uh, let him talk your ear off and, and tell you about the amazing things he's doing with his float tanks and get started at floataway.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It means the world to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A uh, little extra hug to supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much for the support. It really puts wind in our sails. And, uh, and yeah, really, really means a lot to us. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Uh, if you aren't supporting us and you want images, this has been coming up a couple times in Float Collective. Uh, we, if you go to artofthefloat.pixieset.com, you can uh, buy previous sets and buy individual um, images as well. Also, if you are wanting to, if you shop a lot of Amazon, if you want to bookmark Amazon, make that your homepage, not your homepage, but your bookmark for shopping on Amazon, a few ducats come our way. If, um, if you make a purchase, it doesn't cost you anything and certainly helps us uh, purchase uh, sound equipment, all that sort of thing. So thank you. And thanks to Kim Hannon for taking the show notes. Truly appreciate that week after week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think that's about it. Am I missing anything, guys? I think you got it all. Thanks all right. for listening. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Amy. And uh, thanks to our listeners again. Remember, everybody, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week. Bye.